Um, if you're visiting with us this morning, we are so glad to have you. Um, we are one big family here. We love each other deeply. And we are so glad um, that you're here with us today. And we would love to connect with you. And the easiest way to do that is to go to mybethel.cc connect. And there's a form there for you to fill out. Um, so we could just reach out to you this week and see how we can better serve you. And if you're actually in the house this morning, on the seat back in front of you, um, you'll see some information there on how you can um, get linked up and give us any information that you have. And we promise we will invade your mailbox with spam. And No, we we're not going to do, do that. that. We don't do that. We don't no. do that. Okay. And we can't even prank call anymore because know. they know it's us. Caller ID. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, series. Voices. <laughs> lost, voices. I lost voices. the word. I know. Yes, voices. voices series. Um, so there's this, there's this thing that we're working through because the, when, we, when you try to discern the voice of God, um, we sometimes have a difficulty to know exactly you know, what we're listening to. Uh, this series started uh, with a conversation with a friend of mine, and he was saying that um, he's trying to find his voice because there's a loud voice that kind of overcomes it. And I was like, actually, your voice is the loudest. Our voice is what leads us astray, and we got to listen for that voice of God. And so today we're going we're to start that. I, I think about Christy and voices. She has this canny ability, in canny, canny, in canny. I don't know how you say that. I don't know. She has a, she has a talent to copy voices and cadence and accents yeah. and you put her on the spot maybe not so yeah, much but maybe not so much but I, it made me think of my niece a year and a half ago she married a brit yes and so the first time we met him we thought we'd just pull out everything we knew about england you know and we're like does anybody need to go to the loo <laughs> you know and we just thought we were hilarious and we're just like i'm gonna get a biscuit that's a cookie you know and we just thought we were trying so hard it was horrible it was embarrassing it was Super shameful it was, was shameful like, but it was fun, and so that's about. <laughs> anyway, I, I, you yeah, walk into this you conversation. You get yourself embarrassed right. with doing that. So too. you walk in, you're like, okay, is this really someone from Britain? No, they're not. No, you know, they tricked not you. So, much. so um, voices today, we have to discern the right voice. Um, I have a friend today. His name is Trey Clark. Um, he's brought his family to be with us, and he's a pastor here in OKC. Um, he and I have become friends over the past couple, year and a half or so, and really have, have encouraged one another to take another step in our in our ministries. And uh, so a long time ago, it seems like forever ago, we scheduled this, Trey, but scheduled him to come, and the time's here, and really excited. We had a great first service, and I'm really looking forward to the second service as we dig into voices and actually listening to the voice of the shepherd or the voice of the stranger. So let's get started this morning. All right, what's happening, everybody? Yeah, it's good to see you, Bethel. Man, I'm so excited to be here. Um, I've heard many really good things about this congregation, and then I've heard some really great things about this congregation. Uh, some of you got nervous. Uh, I was thinking, when you guys were talking about your, your uncanny ability, <laughs> Uh, it reminded me, my wife and her sister um, do stuff like that sometimes. They'll be on the phone, and it's kind of hard, unless you know them, um, it's kind of hard to know who you're talking to. They kind of sound alike on the phone, but uh, I'm excited to be here. 
Um, it has been a long time, Pastor Ray and I have talked about this for a while, and so it's so great to finally have this opportunity to be able to talk to you guys. Um, I can say this without a shadow of a doubt, and you know this uh, to be true, but your pastor loves you. Uh, he absolutely loves each and every one of you. He cares about you uh, individually and does want God's best for you as followers of Jesus Christ. So let's give it up for him uh, today. I am so honored to, uh, to call him my friend. Um, I love him as well. And we have the, the privilege of meeting on a monthly basis and kind of being pastors, our schedule is a little wonky sometimes. So however we can fit it in, we meet about once a month and we lean on each other. I lean more on him than he does on me. But uh, we talk about everything from ministry to marriage to manhood. And um, I've been so honored by his wisdom and his transparency, even his honesty about his experiences in life and um, just kind of helping me uh, along the way as a pastor. So uh, I love you, Pastor Ray. Uh, thanks for all that you have invested into me. My wife and uh, our kids are here. My in-laws are also here today. So my wife, Alicia, she and I have been happily married for 11 years. Amen. And just last month, we celebrated our 13th wedding anniversary. The people who are married got that joke. So if you're not married, that just went over your head. Uh, but in all seriousness, I love my wife. 13 wonderful years we've been married, um, and God has done some incredible things uh, in our lives. She is a large part of the reason that I am standing here before you doing what God has called me to do. Years, years ago, uh, she... <laughs> She does have the, the spiritual gift of prophecy. And so years ago, uh, when I was just getting started, she said, Babe, I believe God is going to have you speaking in different places. People are going to invite you to come and speak. Um, and I was like, yeah, whatever. And that was just one of the many times that she's been right. So I'm here before you today today. Uh, a lot because of her, uh, her encouragement, but uh, it's all because of God, and he gets the glory, right? Uh, we have three, three boys, my wife and I, we have three boys. We have a nine-year-old. His name is Elias. He is the engineer and the mechanic in our family, and I mean that in all seriousness. He is under the hood with me uh, fixing things. Uh, we kind of we piggybacked off of my father-in-law. He's taught us a lot of things, and so my son... Uh, we'll get in there, and he'll fix that. Since he was about two years old, he's been trying to figure out how everything works. And so uh, he's a lot of fun to work with. My, my uh, soon-to-be eight-year-old, his name is Silas, he loves everything about animals and critters, everything. And so uh, he's going to be the veterinarian in our family. He's also becoming a little bit of a geologist. Uh, we were at a friend's house yesterday, and rocks were just falling all out of his pocket. They were all down the staircase. It's like, yeah, that was Silas. Um, and then we have Ezekiel. He is four years old. Uh, he goes by Zeke, but I love to call him E-Z, Easy. Uh, we haven't quite figured him out. He's four years old. 
Uh, he's a lot of fun, though. He's a ton of fun. Um, and once he gets on a roll, uh, there's no stopping him. He's a lot of fun. Uh, a little bit uh, about me personally. I am originally from southwest Louisiana, a little town called Eunice. Uh, anybody know where Eunice is? What? We got a few people who know Eunice, Louisiana. That is surprising. Um, we are just an hour northeast of Lake Charles. And so I came here and I came to Oklahoma in 1994. Uh, I went to the Job Corps in Guthrie, finished up there, moved to Kansas. I stayed there for a few years working, and then I moved back here in 1998 uh, to Oklahoma City. And that is, as they say, my story, and I will stick to it. No changes, no edits. Um, we don't have a lot of time, and so um, I've used up most of our time to talk about myself, uh, which I don't usually have a problem with. But uh, today, you did not come to hear about me. Uh, we want to talk about God and what God is doing, right, and what God has to say to us. And so today, if you have your Bible, and you should, uh, go to John chapter 10, uh, and we'll start at verse 1. We'll read the first six verses. As you're going there, let me say this. Uh, those six verses I have, I have lifted out of context. So it doesn't give us the full picture of what Jesus is saying. But it does give us a glimpse into the heart and the mind of Jesus. And I think it's really going to help kind of frame uh, what we'll be talking about this morning. Uh, I know you are in a, in a sermon series about uh, the voices we listen to, and so I've titled this message Discerning Voices, because we need to know uh, what are the voices in our lives that we are actually listening to, and uh, how to kind of figure those, those things out. So let me read uh, John chapter 10, verse 1 to verse 6. Before I do that, though, I want to I tell you, I am reading from the New King James Version. Okay, the Holy Bible. Um, <laughs> well, that reminded me of a story, uh, or not a story, but I, I'll put it in a story form. Uh, my mother-in-law, who's here with us today, uh, she once gave me a devotional book, and it was in the King James Version. And she said, Trey, I want you to have this book because God does not speak to me in King James. He speaks to me in the NIV. And so, so I say that to say this. Whatever version of the Bible you hear God's voice in this morning is all right with me. I will be speaking from the New King James Version. All right? Uh, let me get us started. John chapter 10, verse 1 to verse 6. Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but they will flee from him, for they don't know his voice or the voice of strangers. John tells us that Jesus used this illustration, and the people had no idea what he was talking about. Let me pray for us before we continue. 
God, we thank you for your word. Your word is truth, and by it, we are sanctified. We thank you for its sanctifying work, God. We thank you that Jesus Christ is the true and living word of God. And we thank you that we get to sit at your feet uh, and hear from you, God, what your heart is from us. Uh, We just pray that your spirit would lead and direct and that our hearts would be convicted uh, to follow you, God. We would be convinced by your truth this morning. We pray that in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Um, quick story, a co-worker of mine, her name is Jessica, she's the children's pastor at our church. She has a three-year-old son, his name is Asher, super precious, love Asher. Whenever I show up at church, uh, Asher and I usually greet each other by roughhousing. I mean, there's wrestling, tickling, we're fighting, he'll punch me or tag me so I can chase him. Um, or we'll, we'll tell stories. He, he's three years old, so he's always talking about like his new toy or something fun he's done recently. Um, his mom was scrolling through her Facebook page one day, and a video started to play automatically. You know how that is? And I don't know if it's you, right? I know some of you guys uh, be looking at your Facebook page during the sermon, so the vi- make sure that your sound is off, okay? Uh, But the video starts to play automatically, and Asher turns around and he says, Mom, that's Pastor Trey. That's Pastor Trey, Mom. Can I see? He hadn't seen the video. He had only heard the sound coming from the video, coming from Mom's phone. But he knew that it was me. His three-year-old mind could discern that the voice he was listening to, the voice he heard coming from Mom's phone, was actually the voice of Pastor Trey. In this passage from John's Gospel, Jesus tells us about uh, different voices. If you look at verse number 1 and verse number 5, you will see that there is the voice of the thief and robber and the stranger. In verse 2, 3, and 4, there is the voice of the good shepherd. Before I unpack this too much, I'm convinced that oftentimes the, the voice that is the strangest to you and me is actually the voice of Jesus. Even for the Christian, oftentimes the the greatest battle we will fight in our lives is being able to distinguish between the voice of strangers and the voice of our good shepherd. As a matter of fact, in a recent uh, Jew 3 Project podcast, Dr. Nichelle Guidry said that there was a specific period in her life where even as a Christian, she had a hard time disentangling the voice of God from all the other voices competing for her attention. She had a hard time wading through the various voices and identifying which of those voices was actually God speaking to her. I'm going to go out on a limb this morning, and I'm going to say that there are several of you who have been in that situation or you are there right now. There are competing voices in your life, be it your upbringing, your culture, your experience, your emotions, whatever it is, and those strange voices are making it extremely difficult for you to hear God's voice in your life. You know, 
you, you are having a hard time wading through those voices. And, and when it comes to knowing, uh, identifying those voices and knowing which ones to follow, I think there are a few things that you and I need to do. And these things, uh, I believe, are really crucial. Uh, we need to identify first, we need to know who has access to us. Who has access to our lives? If you look at John 10, verse 1 to verse 3, again, Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you that he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And to him, the doorkeeper opens, uh, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. I want to draw your attention to one word in verse number one here. And that word is sheepfold, a sheepfold. Your verse, uh, your translation may say sheep pen or something different. But a sheepfold is a very important word for us to to focus in on, uh, for us to get the fuller meaning of what's happening in John chapter 10. Now, there are several sources who give us a pretty good description of what a sheepfold is. Uh, Edwin A. Bloom, in his commentary, he tells us that a sheepfold was a walled enclosure made of stone with a gate in it through which the shepherd would enter. He goes on to say that the sheepfold or the sheep pen usually housed several sheep, several flocks of sheep at one time. Craig Keener said that flocks of various sheep uh, or shepherds often mingled together but that the shepherds could easily separate out their own sheep. What shepherds would do back in these times, and I don't know if they still do this, but uh, they had a certain sound that they would use, and the sheep would recognize that sound, and whenever they heard it, they would follow uh, the sound. Sometimes it's even been noted that shepherds would give every individual sheep their own name. And so they would go in to the sheepfold and they'd say, on Dancer, on Prancer, on Comet and Vixen, whatever the names were, right? And they would call these sheep and the sheep would follow the shepherd. In this passage from John, who has access to the sheep? There's the thief and the robber. There's the shepherd. If you drop down to verse number 5 and verse number 12, there's the stranger. And there's also the hireling. A stranger, in in this verse, the word stranger simply means other or someone else. So it doesn't necessarily mean these creepy people we tell our children to stay away from, right? Don't talk to strangers. This is actually... Potentially, someone who belongs in the sheepfold. It could be another shepherd who is there to collect his flock of sheep. A hireling is just a hired hand. It's someone who is not the shepherd but is being paid to stand in as the shepherd. All of these people, in some way or another, have access to the sheep. This word sheepfold really helps me to better understand the whole of John chapter 10, and it helps me to really get a clear picture of John 10 verse 16. In John 10 16, Jesus says, other sheep I have which are not of this fold. So a shepherd can have a flock of sheep in this sheepfold, and they can have another flock of sheep down the road in another sheepfold, right? And he says, other sheep I have which are not of this 
fold. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock, and there will be one shepherd. Even though there are a number of different flocks dwelling together in one sheepfold, each flock of sheep will only answer to their particular shepherd. Here's a question for you. Who has access to your life? Who has access to you? What voices today are you allowing to speak into your life? We've already identified a few, right? Our upbringing, our emotions, all of that stuff. And then if we're really honest, we can get to social media, TV, radio, pop culture, race, gender, uh, other religions, philosophies, ideologies, our politics, nationalism, patriotism, all of that stuff. And listen, folks, I've seen it happen, and you have as well. All of those strange voices that are speaking into your life are making it extremely difficult for you to hear the voice of your good shepherd. Sheep are often described as being um, a pretty dumb bunch of animals, right? You've heard that before. And I think that's very true. Um, And that's no different than you or me. Uh, Left to our own devices, we are horrible at making decisions about our lives. That's why the prophet Isaiah says that all we, like sheep, have done what? We've gone astray. Every one of us have turned to our own way. But praise God that the Lord has laid upon him, Jesus Christ, the iniquity of you and me. Amen? Now, sheep are pretty dumb if they're left to themselves, but if they have a shepherd who loves and cares for them, who is leading them, I think sheep make some pretty smart decisions because they have been trained, they have learned to listen to the voice of their good shepherd, and they trust that voice to lead them. So you got to know who has access to your life. The second thing I think we need to identify is which of these voices, these competing voices in our lives, actually has authority over us? Which of those voices actually is permitted to speak and to lead us in this life? Not only does Jesus say that he is the door, so if you look earlier uh, or, or later into this verse, Uh, this passage, Jesus says that he is the door of the sheep, so he's the access point into the sheepfold. But he goes on to say, I am the good shepherd. And you you know, you've been, many of you have been raised in the church, Psalm 23, right? The 23rd Psalm. What does the shepherd do? He leads us into green pastures. He leads the sheep beside still waters. He restores the souls of his sheep. Jesus says that the sheep hear the voice of their shepherd and they follow him. Because they know his voice, they will go wherever he leads. But at the sound of the stranger's voice, they will run in terror. At the sound of someone else's voice, They will flee because they do not acknowledge that voice as having authority in their lives. That voice has no right to lead the sheep. Here's an example. Let's say um, that I go up into the children's area, right? So my my wife dropped our kids off. 
um, and I go into the children's area, that means I have access to your kids, right? Because my kids are in the same room. Now, if I walk in that room and I say, hey, kids, follow me, some of your kids are going to look at me funny. Who is this dude? What is he talking about? Other kids are going to run and hide. And then some may even stand there paralyzed by fear and start to cry. Don't worry, parents. I know I'm starting to freak out some of the parents in here. Like, I need to get my kids before he gets his kids. Uh, So I have access to your kids because my kids are in the same room. My sheep are in the same sheepfold with your sheep. Now let's say I go into that same room and I say, Clark, boys, it is time to go. Even if my kids cannot see my face, but they hear my voice, they will rise up from the crowd and they will follow wherever that voice is. Why? I'm their father. I have authority over them. Those kids belong to me. Your kids will not follow me. I have no authority over their lives. They don't belong to me. But my kids will follow the voice of their father, and I will lead them out of the children's area. There is more than one shepherd who is entering the sheepfold of your lives today. And folks, if you are not familiar with the voice of your good shepherd, you will be misled by the strange voices that are competing to captivate your attention this morning. All authority, all has been given to Jesus Christ. He is our good shepherd, and we must be familiar with his voice and follow wherever he leads. When we talk about hearing the voice of God, what are we we really talking about? Uh, I have been privileged and I've had the honor uh, a few times to hear the voice of God audibly. Uh, Not often, but I've heard it uh, a few times. God has even spoken to me in dreams, uh, kind of regularly early on in my Christian life. But more often than not, God speaks through his written word. He speaks through the Bible. You see, the word of God, as we know, is the authority of God. And if you're not familiar with what God has revealed in the scriptures, you will be tossed around by every wind of doctrine if you are not hiding the word of God in your hearts, as the psalmist says. If you are not hiding God's word in your heart, you are being misled by the strange voices you follow. You know, the psalmist reminds us in Psalm 119, verse 105, he says that the word of God is a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. Listen, a a sheep, we're talking about authority. A sheep who has no shepherd, a sheep who has no one to govern their affairs, no one to lead them into green pastures, is, is an aimless and an easily worn out bunch of animals. Jesus himself says as much in Matthew's gospel. If you look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to verse 38, Jesus says here that, uh, you know, as he's going through the, the cities and he's preaching and teaching the gospel and he is healing all kinds of sickness, uh, there comes a time where the multitudes start to follow him. 
And Matthew tells us that Jesus looks out at the multitude, he sees the crowd, and he has compassion on them. And the reason is because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They had no one to lead them into fertile land. No one to govern their lives. And what we know from Scripture is absolutely true. Jesus himself is the ultimate authority over our lives. The prophet Ezekiel says, has he not spoken and shall it not come to pass? Listen to what the psalmist says. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, Bethel, if you will hear his voice. Do not harden your hearts. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Know that the Lord, he is God, and we are his sheep. He has made us, and we have not made ourselves. We are the sheep of his pasture. You were bought at a price with the precious, redeeming, spotless blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. You are not your own. You belong to the Most High. Do not, Paul says, do not become slaves of men. I would say do not become slaves of the strange voices that are competing for your attention and your affection. The third thing we need to identify is which of these voices in our lives actually has affection for us? Which one is speaking into our lives because they love and care for us? Look at John chapter 10, verse 11. Starting at verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, but a hireling, someone who is not the shepherd, someone who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, and he leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because, and this is interesting, Jesus says the reason this hired hand will flee when the wolf comes is because he does not care about the sheep. Those are Jesus' words. They're in red. He does not care about the sheep. Has anybody, here's another question, anybody in here ever been hacked or had your identity stolen? Raise your hand. Yeah, a few people. Uh, I have, and it is, it is no fun. <laughs> it is no fun. Uh, it's a pretty vulnerable situation. Uh, you just feel like someone you don't know, they have access to all of your life, right? Um, this person got a hold of our credit card, uh, my wife and I's credit card information, and uh, they bought some things. Can't remember what it was. It wasn't anything too extravagant. We didn't have that high of a limit on our credit card, so I don't know. Uh, but they bought a few things. Not sure what they bought. But um, what this, in relation to this, as I was thinking about this sermon, I was like, that meant they had access to all of my money. Whatever money was attached to that credit card. They had access to that, right? But they did not have authority. They had no authorization to use that credit card. And so after an investigation, the credit card decided, yes, somebody stole your information. We're going to refund the money. And they gave us two new credit cards. 
On both of those credit cards, so my wife has one and I have one as well. On both of those credit cards, there's my name. Her name is nowhere on the credit card. However, because she's my wife, she has full access to whatever money is attached to that credit card. Not only does she have access to the money attached to that credit card, but she also has full authority to use that credit card however she wants to make whatever purchases she thinks is necessary. We'll talk later. <laughs> um. <laughs> She has full authority to use that credit card however she wants. But I know my wife, and I know that she loves me. She loves our family. She wants what's best for us. And because of that, because of her affection, because she cares and loves for us, I can trust her. I can trust her to make wise decisions about how she spends that money without ever asking for permission from me first. Listen, you can trust the guidance of Jesus Christ. You can trust the Lord's leading in your life for the simple fact that he loves you. He loves you with a never-ending love. He uses his authority in our lives for our benefit, but for his glory. He uses his authority to enrich our lives, not to diminish our lives. And that reminded me of Deuteronomy 12, 28. And Deuteronomy 12, 28 is one of my favorite passages. Um, the, the, the words go like this. Observe and obey all these words which I command you. And here's the part that I really love. If we stop there, observe and obey all these words that I command you. Right? If we just stop there, there's a huge piece to the puzzle that is missing. And it makes God sound like a dictator or a pharaoh, right? Do it, and I tell my kids this sometimes. They're like, why do I have to do that? Because I said so. Uh, But that's not what God is talking about here. And I love the follow-up. He says, observe and obey all these words which I command you for this reason, that it might go well with you. And that it might go well with your children who are coming up after you. Not only for today, but he says forever. Forever. Observe and obey. Keep the commandments of God. Trust his guidance and his leadership so that it might go well with you. And that your children might have good as well. Forever. When you do what is good and what is right in the sight of the Lord your God. Paul tells us that God has demonstrated his love for us in this way, that while we were yet sinners, at that time, Jesus Christ died for the ungodly. He says that when we were enemies of God, when we were ungodly and we were rebellious, hell-bent on doing things our own way, it was at that time that the Son went to the cross on your behalf. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 to verse 11 continues this thought. In this, the love of God is manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that God has loved us 
and that he sent his only begotten son to be the propitiation for our sins. That's one of those $10 words that simply means the full, final, and complete payment for the sins of all humanity. Amen? Amen. That's worth praising God about. And here's what we need to remember. Whatever God is doing in our lives, whatever, however he's leading us in our lives, it comes from a place of love. And we're reminded in Scripture that there is absolutely nothing that we, as followers of Jesus Christ, can experience that will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Amen? God loves you. Now, let me... Let me uh, going to wrap up with a few takeaways. I, I really want you guys to uh, do something with this information, right? Uh, there are four things that I want to leave you with this morning uh, so that you can kind of put what you hear, uh, not only today, but even uh, in two weeks, because you close next week, in two weeks, uh, you can put this into practice. The first thing you, you need to do is you need to get into God's Word. You have to get into God's word. There is no way that you can know the voice of God if you are not reading the word of God. You have to read God's word. You not only read it, but you also need to study it. You need to sit alone and dissect the scriptures, pull apart the words. Like this word sheepfold. I had no idea what a sheepfold really meant. But to, to understand that word helped me to better understand the whole of John chapter 10. You need to study it. Not only that, but you need to live out what God reveals to you. And you need to live it without compromise. Our world needs to see authentic Christianity without compromise. Our world is messed up, folks, and, and, and God has sent us to be the ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And so we need to make sure that we are doing a good job of representing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as we go out into the world. One of the ways you'll do that, the, one of the most important ways, is to pray for spiritual indwelling. Listen, we need the Holy Spirit to guide us. He is our guide, right? He will lead us, Jesus says, into all truth. Pray for spiritual indwelling. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians that uh, man cannot understand the things of the Spirit because they are spiritually discerned. But if we have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling inside of us, communicating with us, then God reveals to us mysteries that the world does not know. Number three, repent. Repent whenever you are made aware of sin in your lives. Turn from those things and return to God. As you do that, you start to develop the, this automatic response to God, I believe. You, you are more in tune to what the Spirit of God is saying and how God is leading and directing you in your lives. Your antennas start to stay up a lot more, and you're more receptive to what the Spirit of God is speaking. And finally, you need to submit to the authority of God. Our world is questioning who God is and what God has spoken, right? But we have the Word of God written and also engraved upon our hearts. And we need to submit to the authority of God, allow God to rule in our lives. Now, our emotions 
not our friends and family, not our culture and experiences, not our politics, whatever it may be, God is the ultimate authority of our lives. And keep in mind Deuteronomy 12, 28. We do it so that it might go well with us and that it might go well with our children. Amen? That's all I got. I want to pray for you guys uh, before the band comes up. So if you would, uh, let's bow our heads. God, we are so grateful for your love for us. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. God, we thank you that while we were sinners, he died in our place. And he paid the full price for our sins. God, there is nothing left on the bill. And we give you thanks for that. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would indwell us in such a new and refreshing way that we would follow you in all that you command and all that you are leading us into. Help us as we leave this place to be ambassadors of your love and your grace that others may see you and be drawn to your son, Jesus Christ. We pray that in his name. Amen. Well, wow, what a great job, Trey. Thank you so much for, for bringing that this morning. I was thinking about a lot of things when he was, was speaking about who you give authority to right, right. in your life and, the, and, and the where access. they lead you and the access. Right, I was thinking about like if I took my checkbook and just signed all the checks and just walked down the street and handed checks to random people. I wouldn't do that. Like, right. that's not smart, right? It's not smart to give a bunch of strangers that I don't know access to my bank account. But we do that with yeah. our lives. We just give access to anybody that starts speaking. And right. we're not smart about who we give that access into our lives. When I was in the college, I had some friends. And we in college, your, your mind's not completely developed not yet, yet, maybe. Not, um, yeah. But I was like, get rich quick. And how can I make this happen? Oh, yeah. And I signed yeah. up for so many. Remember the air purifiers? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. all so many like multi-level marketing things. Mm -hmm. And every single one of them left me in debt. That's yes, all it did. did. There was no, yes, it did. no wealth. Mm -hmm. There was no gain. Uh, and it's, I think that's what we do. We end up giving ourselves to social media, giving ourselves to politics, giving ourselves to culture, um, give ourselves to our friends. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I, was, I was thinking about the Good Shepherd and how the Good Shepherd wants to lead us to the place, the pasture, the green. And, and if you saw that video, there was a video going around social media a few, weeks, a few months ago about a sheep that was like stuck in a little tiny ditch. And these two shepherds were like, like trying to get him out. Worked really hard and to get him out. And they finally like popped him out of the ditch. Yes. And they went boing, boing. Right back in. Right back into that little ditch. Right back in. It was like, I was like, what in the world stuck? That's us. That's it's us. like we yeah. get out and like, bing, bing, right back in. <laughs> so it's like listening to that voice and discerning right. that voice. Uh, powerful message there, uh, Trey. And thank you so much for that and, and joining us. We're so glad you were here with us this morning. We will see you in two weeks, okay? Please enjoy don't come next, week. next I mean, week. You can come. There's a playground and there's yes. a parking lot and there's a but ditch over here. seriously, enjoy your time together next week rest, kids love the ditch rest so with each other <laughs> rest with each other spend time ducks. with each other we have ducks and geese and even okay. some herons okay so right. the first service someone <laughs> came in too, someone came in the first service and said we couldn't hear ray's mic only yours was on and i'm like is there a way for me to to do that on purpose it's like, like mute <laughs> how can we take that home we're so glad that you're here she heard the wrong voice See that repenting thing? She didn't She didn't do step three, Trey. Step three. Here at Bethel, we exist to love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus. Have a great, Have a great two week. weeks. Love you guys.